Why would you do something in 90 minutes that you can do in 45? Why would you do something in 60 minutes that you could do in 30 if you could deliver the same result? Welcome to the Sales Unscripted Podcast, where it's not what you're saying, but who you're being while you're saying it that matters. Sales and scaling your business is what drives the engine here. So drop in, buckle up, and hold on, because we're about to shake up the sales game with the man behind the mic. Jim Padilla. All right. Thanks, Strickland, my man. Appreciate the handoff. Jim Padilla here with Sales Unscripted. Again, where it's not about what you're saying, but who you're being while you're saying it. That matters the most. And appreciate you tuning in. If you are here, it's because you're a sales professional, a business owner, someone scaling the business that is all about trying to do it the right way, trying to be as effective as humanly possible and be efficient, innovative, at the cutting edge, stop trying to do things traditionally. You know that there's something about how you do things that makes it matter as opposed to trying to follow somebody else's blueprint all the time, right? The whole world's trying to tell you what to do when you know what you need to be doing. And you're tuning in here to get that validation and that confirmation. And I'm gonna share some more with you today, right? So me and my wife, Cindy, we own Gain the Edge, which is an outsourced sales company. We specialize in providing outsourced sales support for launches and live events, high ticket sales, and we're really good at it. And we do it at volume. We do it at scale. We do 25,000 sales conversations a year. And the reason that's relevant to you is because we simply see more things happen in a year than you will likely see in a lifetime of sales conversations or engagements. So we just have a lot of very relevant information and our opinion is actually irrelevant because we aren't telling you what we think. We're telling you what we see happening all the time. Other experts are out there telling you what should work. We're telling you whether it worked or not. All right. So tuning in here is going to get you some really good flavor on what's what. And uh, I'm not here to knock what anybody else is doing, just here telling you plain and simple that what we talk about here is not theory, it is not conjecture, it is tried and true, it has been done on the court, and we're constantly innovating, staying at the forefront of change, what's working, what's not, what's hot, what's not, what are the things that people are doing to get the kind of results that you are looking for. So that's what this conversation is about. So glad that you are here in it. And what I want to unpack today was inspired by a dialogue that I was involved in earlier this week around the length of sales conversations, which I found to be a pretty interesting uh, conversation and it turned into something pretty big and got a lot of interesting comments and dialogue in this Facebook group that we were in. So here's the gist of it. Longer conversations don't equal better right? Just like more doesn't always equal better. But especially in the coaching and consulting industry, longer conversations tend to be the norm, not just from what's executed, from what's taught, right? People are teaching. You need to take people through these consultative approach, right? The consultative approach to selling is very, very big in the coaching space, coaching and consulting. And which is great, right? Because it leads people through this relationship dialogue. And almost, it's very, very common to be taught at at 60 and 90 minute conversations, right? That an offer should be coming in in the range of 45, 50 minutes, maybe 60, and that that's what should be. Now, here's the thing. First of all, disclaimer, I am not saying that that doesn't work. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm simply saying it's not necessary, okay? It's not necessary. 
Why would you do something in 90 minutes that you can do in 45? Why would you do something in 60 minutes that you could do in 30 if you could deliver the same result, right? Now, if you can deliver twice the result at 60 minutes than you can in 30, well, then that's a different conversation. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's being replicated. Here's my thing. Time is the only resource, non-renewable resource that you'll never get back. Once it's spent, it's gone, okay? Don't be, you don't wanna just cut time for the sake of cutting time. You want to be strategic in how you cut that time and how you <laughs> deliver it back to you, right? So here's the thing. I don't have, I can't even tell you the last time that I had an hour long sales conversation. My default conversation is 30 minutes. That's when you book an appointment to talk to me, it's 30 minutes. And I have others that are 15 minutes because sometimes we don't even need to go beyond that. And when you have a narrower focus, a narrower boundary to work with, you get tighter, right? Not tighter, like constricted. You get tighter in your efficiency, right? It's just like when you give somebody a week to do an assignment, how long do they take? a week because they don't even start the assignment until the day before it's due. If you give them one day, guess when it gets done in that day. So the more you put yourself on point, give yourself a focus, you will normally hit that focus, right? You won't waste a lot of extra time with filler and fluff. You will get to the point. You'll get to the heart of the matter. So here's a few things that uh, I want to think about. All right. If you, let, let's just get a visual. There's a few different uh, analogies I'm going to throw into this. So get a visual of a forest fire. And let's just imagine that your conversation, taking somebody to an hour of, in a phone conversation to assess their needs, find out what's going on, build ridiculous amounts of rapport, talking about all kinds of things that may or may not matter just because you're trying to find some common ground, all the traditional things that people tell you, okay? And you take an hour and it's about building up heat, right? Building up some sort of connection and some depth, some level of depth of connection of energy. Imagine that being like a forest fire burning on a hill and it's kind of wild and it's hot and it's taking stuff down. It's, you know, there, there's energy there big time. And then I want you to think about what it would look like if you took all of that raging heat in a forest fire and condensed it down into a laser point, right? A fine, a narrowly focused laser point to which now you can precision cut. You can do exactly what you want to do with that laser point, same amount of heat, same amount of connection and focus, just much more focused, right? Much more under control and intentional. And that's similarities to me in a shorter conversation versus longer, right? It's a much more narrow focus. Now, here's some of the things that it requires. It requires you to make some assumptions, right? What we do now, there's conventional wisdom and I hear this and I agree with it. There's, there's a lot of psychological logic in this. In that when you get somebody else to admit their problem, it's more empowerful than you telling them they have a problem, okay? And here's the first thing I want you to understand. There is no such thing as always, and there's no such thing as never, right? There are many different reactions and responses, as many different ways to do things as there are people on the planet, because we're all different. That's the first problem with most people trying to follow other people's systems is you're too busy trying to follow a system that someone else created, ideally for them. And then now they're trying to teach you their step and their process, right? So no always and no never. Now here's the other side of that coin with people where people want to, if somebody says in their own words that they have a problem, they're more likely to buy into it. Yes, and 
that's not always necessarily true because here's the biggest problem is that most people don't actually know what their real problem is. And moreover, they're really bad at articulating said real problem. So if they don't know what that problem is and you're spending 20 minutes on the phone trying to dance around to lead them to saying it, right? You're having this really loose conversation in which they're not comfortable and you're not as you're not on, on your peak game because you're frustrated trying to find the right way to open the door for them to be the one to openly admit they've got a problem that they want to own. Here's the other side of coin. Here's another psychological fact. When you can speak to a problem and articulate it better than they can, but you can, because you understand as the expert, because you've dealt with dozens or hundreds or thousands of people in their situation, that now puts you in a position of essentially reading their mind. Because if you've done your marketing well, you've done your targeting and positioning well, you're getting very similar people coming through your pipeline to talk to you on a regular basis. So you can start treating them all very similarly and you'll be right on point. And when you can articulate their problem better than they can, they will give you credit for knowing the solution equally as powerful as somebody admitting in their own words that they know the problem if they've articulated the right problem. Okay, so first piece, make some assumptions, two assumptions that I want you to make every time. One, assume that they actually have a problem. And two, assume that they believe you're the expert and it can solve it. So you're already halfway down the road. And too many times when we listen to calls, and yes, we listen to hundreds and hundreds of calls, consistently we act like we're starting from square one. Like they don't really know the problem that they've got and you're trying to get them to articulate it, right? You're trying to lead them there. Instead of just assuming that part, the dialogue started at hello. Remember the sales conversation begins at hello. And that hello could be a Facebook ad. It could be an opt-in. It could be a talk that you did or a networking uh, experience where you met each other. The conversation started then. And then based on whatever emails you might have sent them or whatever you've engaged on Facebook, shared, they're, they're buying into the story and the conversation is continuing. And if you're smart about it, you're leading them through a user experience that lets them realize they should be talking to you and why. And, they, and so now when they get to you, they're already halfway down the road. They should be pre-warmed up. They're ready to talk to you because they understand you're the expert. You're the person that can solve the problem that they have, right? And, you know, I had somebody, uh, another, you know, colleague, a well-known expert who was telling me, you know, why do I like to do that? Because that's assumptive selling. That's assuming. I'm like, well, yes, make an assumption. Why else are they there? <laughs> They're here talking to you today because they have a problem and they've assumed that you might be the person who could solve it. So, yes, assume that they're here to try to solve the problem and ideally with you. Now, it doesn't mean you push them into buying from you, but you can use that as confidence in your expertise and how you position yourself and how you talk to them. All right, let's keep moving here. I have no evidence and I have tons and tons of data. We do hundreds of thousands of sales conversations. I have lots of data, none that demonstrates longer conversations equal greater value. Also, none that e means that equal to longer conversations equal greater conversions. Believe me, if that's what was happening, we would be teaching that. We would be talking about it. We would be emphasizing it. We actually see the opposite. The longer the conversation, the looser the call gets. That is a very consistent trend that we see. Okay. 
so here, so I have, well, I'm gonna, I'll get to this in a minute. Hang on, just <laughs> stay with me here. Okay. So it's not about greater value. It's not about delivering more, more creating rapport. Now here, here's the thing I want to dive into on rapport. Please, please, for the love of God, stop trying to bond with everybody through to fictitious means. Oh, where, what part of the country are you in? You, oh, you're in Florida. Yeah, I was in Florida last summer. They don't care. I don't care. It's not, it has zero relevance to the problem being solved. Stop it. Okay. Stop talking about, oh yeah, you just got back from soccer practice. Yeah. I remember when I had my kids, I took my daughter to soccer practice last week. Yeah. They won their game on Saturday. Nobody cares. That's not why they're there. And that doesn't build any rapport or bond. Hey, you know, you drink water. I drink water. You breathe. I breathe too. Yeah. You live in Georgia. I flew over Georgia once. Really, that's about the same equivalent. None of it matters. Stop wasting your time there. Okay. Rapport, rapport is not about have, creating buddies, right? Now, don't, Webster's definition of rapport is a close and harmonious relationship in which people or groups concerned understand each other's feelings or ideas and communicate well. Based on that definition of rapport, I will tell you, it's not necessary in a sales conversation. Okay. You don't have to have harmonious relationships and deep understandings of each other's feelings and communicate well. That's not required. Again, I'm not saying any of this is bad. I'm saying this is the wrong target to shoot for. Okay. Uh, I, it's been a long time for me, but I've been pulled, pulled over once or twice in my time. And when you get pulled over because you're speeding or run a stop sign and a police officer comes up to your car and alongside you, it's hey, license and registration. The extent of the conversation might be, Hey, where's the fire? Why are you driving so fast? Or where's your hurry? Or what's going on? If they're interested in an explanation, most of the time it's pretty direct to license and registration. Why? Because there's already an established relationship flow. They lead, you follow. Now you want to create problem. I'm not, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff politically. I'm not talking about any of that. I don't care about what's going on in the market and, you know, police brutality, none of that stuff. We're talking about normal situations with normal people which is 99.9% of the time, okay? What's going on there? He's not coming up to the window and say, hey, how's your kids? You going to soccer practice? What, you know, where are you from? They're not interested, right? There's a hierarchy established. They lead, you follow. And then the transaction's complete and you move on. Everybody goes on about their day. Guess what? Sales conversation is the same way. They show up expecting you to lead. And if you don't, what the default problem is gonna be, they're gonna try to lead simply because they won't know what else to do. You need to demonstrate that you are in control of the call. You're the expert. You've expected them. You're prepared for them. You know where the opportunity is to be led, right? Now you're going to pay attention throughout the conversation and obviously take it where it needs to go because it's not about, you know, you following a process to lead them to where your script tells them to go, which is, again, why we don't focus on the script. And you're, but you're going to stay open to taking the conversation where it needs to go to serve them the best. All right. So you show up establishing leadership, not friendship, leadership, right? David Starr Jordan said the world stands aside and let's pass any man who clearly knows where he is going. 
he or she fill it in, right? Everybody's attracted to a leader. If people are coming to you, it's because they're looking for leadership in this area. They might be a leader in all other areas of life, but in this particular area, you're the expert. They're here because something is missing in their business or in their life or whatever around this key component that you offer. And they're expecting you to know where to take the conversation. So start doing it from the moment you get there. I've been in scenarios where people, exercises at events where people, complete strangers inside of 60 seconds in an exercise can be crying for each other, right? Our bodies are made of energy. We are energetic human beings, right? We can create neurological rapport, energetic rapport, zero to do. You don't even need to have a conversation to create rapport, believe it or not, okay? So when you show up crystal clear in who you are, where you're going, what you do, how you serve them, uh, and, and why they are likely here, you can begin leading the call from the moment they show up. And I want to encourage you to do so. Right? So think about that. You're not here to be friends, right? Remember, people need leadership and clarity in a phone call. Right? Now, one of the other areas that, that come up is that in depending on the type of service you provide. So maybe you deal with people who are in addiction or some sort of emotional crisis. I get it. Okay. Um, we're, we, you know, we've all been there. We understand the sensitivity of that. And what I hear is if you have, if the, the type of service you provide should determine the length of a call, because maybe you need to be more nurturing and more submissive and let more flow happen because you got to be sensitive to their situation. And again, I'm going to push back on this of the hundreds of thousands of sales conversations that we have. We have them with all sorts of people in all stages of life and they don't need you to cure them in the conversation they need you to lead them and reassure them that solution is around the corner that the cure is straight ahead should they make the decision to follow you and work with you and go down if not you're in the remember the sales conversation is about leadership and clarity not about a cure you're not there to cure them you're there to demonstrate that you can lead them and guide them and solve the problem and help them on the path to solution Okay, think that through, right? Most of the time, if somebody shows up and the, the more state of disrepair that they are in, the more grounded leadership they need. Picture them being the balloon. They're a little bit out of sorts. Maybe they're just on fire because maybe they're, they're, just, they're unhealthy. They got a bad diagnosis and they need you to help cure them. Or their business is bleeding money because they're not selling and converting or their marketing is broken or something's not happening and they're frantic. They don't need you to feel sorry for them and be empathetic. They need you to ground them and let them know, hey, yes, your house is on fire and this is the fastest path to getting it put out, right? They don't need you, okay, I understand, I know. Like sometimes, yes, I'm not saying be insensitive. None of that, right? I lead with my heart. I also bring my head, okay? And I know you, many of you listening right now, you are very heart-driven people, right? That's the people, our audience. That's, you know, I'm, I'm extremely passionate and heart-centered, right? And I talk to people very directly and I communicate with them clearly. 
and people take the message purely in the manner it was intended, which is from love for their best. And that's what your people are going to believe too, because you've already demonstrated how much you care about them just by how you position yourself, how you show up, what your marketing says, whatever was the message that led them to be here to talk to you in the first place has already set the stage for that. Now they need to see what you've got, what you're made of. If you start treating your potential clients as if they were your paid clients, they will become your clients. Do you read me? Can I get an amen? Right? You talk to your clients, the ones who pay you, you speak with them directly and clearly and concisely. Why? Because they've paid you and you're trying to deliver the best outcome possible. But then we get on the phone with a complete stranger and we're very tentative and tenuous. And I don't want to say anything to offend them because they might not like me and then they might not buy from me. Is that how you treat your paid clients? Is that how you treat your siblings, your children? No. You tell them the truth because that's what's good for them and that's what they need to hear. Treat your potential clients that same way and they will feel that same kind of confidence, power, love, and, and, and belief from you that will make them want to buy from you. That's what this is all about. Okay? So again, deliver in straight doses. You know, if you're, if you're the doctor delivering medicine and you got to take penicillin, nobody likes the flavor of it. Does the doctor tell you take an eyedropper and drop one drop at a time? Or do they just say, do it, put it in the cup and shoot it because get the whole nasty taste over with all at once, right? Let's get it done, all right? Here's the other two areas of, of regular comments that I see. Based on low price point, if it's a lower ticket, then a lot of times it's somebody who may, who may need more guidance and nurturing and you're going to have to ease them through the situation because they have a problem that they need to solve. They're a little loose, right? And this is, I don't understand this because it's totally backwards just from even from an economic standpoint, lower ticket, let's have a, a, you know, a more massaged conversation because they need more support to help make a great decision. And then if it's a higher ticket, then, uh, you know, then we want to, you know, that then, then even then maybe it makes sense to have a longer conversation because they expect more value from the conversation because they're going to pay 20 or $30,000 or a hundred thousand dollars for this opportunity. Let me just give you the truth on both of those situations. A lower ticket buyer in general, not always. They need your leadership. They need as, as tight a focus as humanly possible because they're already overwhelmed. They don't need you to give them a big picture and a bunch of possible scenarios. They need you to laser focus in on what's the problem and how are we going to solve it? What's the next steps to take? Ground them. They're the balloon flowing around. You're the rock tying them out, keeping them from going up into the power lines. They need to feel your confidence and grounded energy to be able to move forward. Think about that. Okay, the more they have on the line, the more focus you need for them. Right? And... If you're a high ticket buyer, if you're a premium buyer, you're somebody who's already investing at a higher level or considering it, right? You're a busy person. Somebody who's investing at a high level typically is a busier person already experiencing some decent levels of success and they don't have as much trouble making great decisions. And they sure as hell don't have the time to spend. I don't want 90 minutes to spend talking to you about a potential purchase. Let's have a quick conversation here. Let's get to the facts. Let's get to what I need and how you can solve my problem. What's the value? The value proposition is what I need to know. Right? So either way, it's a case made for a more focused, dialed in conversation. 
Okay, last but not least, there's the last piece I want to dial in on this part. Do the math. Okay, it's really simple. Hey, I'm going to give you just a simple math scenario. If you run 10 strategy sessions a month, okay, 10 sales conversations a month at 90 minutes, okay, that's 15 hours per month. What if you do that in a week? Hey, that's 15 hours a week. Now, what if you can get seven of those hours back? What if you can get seven of those hours back? What would that do for you? How much more can you serve your existing clients? How much more personal time can you get back? How much time can you put into focusing on content or delivery? Other things besides just having sales conversations. I'm not saying do less conversations. I'm saying have the same number of conversations and do them in half the time. Especially if you're doing high volumes. If you're doing 10 a week, that's 40 a month. That's a lot of time, Jack. What are you going to do with all of that time? Okay, do the math. I, I encourage you to please sit down and do the math on those numbers. And just try to take back 50% of that time and see what that looks like for you. So you can at least have something that you're striving for and you understand why. And then I want you to put that number in place and say, okay, that's 10 hours a month or 25 hours a week. Or if you just use that the model that I just gave you, that's 28 hours a month. What could you do in your business or in your life with that 28 hours? Think about that for a minute. Visualize that. How could you spend that time differently or better? Self-improvement, serving, giving back to the community, marketing, other business skill sets, family time, you name it. It's your, it's your life. You decide. Okay? But you need to start looking at that. You need to start doing your business by the numbers, and that's an important number to factor in. Okay? Do the math. And please understand, we audit calls at volume. And whenever we see calls go long, that's usually the first thing we zero in on. Okay? Longer the call goes, the looser it gets. Leaders speak in an economy of words. Brevity equals clarity. We tend to use way too many filler words. So here's your homework. This is the thing I want you to think about right now, okay? I want you to do two things. One, test your boundaries. Challenge yourself. Because part of the reason we don't speak as directly to people is because we feel like we will offend them. They're going to call foul on us, okay? Um, you know, my daughter, Megan, she spent, she, she played basketball all the way through college. She was a point guard. And we coached some pretty high level basketball teams that were, you know, ranked uh, in the country and that won titles, you know, through high school uh, and around the nation. And one of our number one strategy, we were defensive monsters. And these girls were just badass freak athletes. And one of the things we, we played really, really intense defense. And one of our immediate goals every game was for the point guard to see how quick we could get a whistle. We wanted to get a whistle from the referee in the first minute of the game. And here's the concept. We needed to test the boundary. So we would, you know, Megan or whoever was the point guard, press up on the ball and pressure. And if the referee did not call a whistle, we knew we were going to have a fun time. Or you press up on the ball and inside of 10 seconds, 30 seconds, Boop, get that first whistle. Now we know the boundary that we can push to. Now we can back off just a step short of that and play ball. But it gave us a good bearing of where we were. If we didn't press up on that, we had no way of knowing how, what level of intensity we could play at. Same thing in your sales conversation. I'm going to challenge you. First thing, go out and try to get a whistle. 
you got to start seeing where your boundary is. Draw some lines and cross them. And you, I promise, you're going to find yourself going further and further and further out before you get a whistle. And what does a whistle look like in a sales conversation? Somebody come pushing you back, saying, hey, this, you're getting a little personal, aren't you? Or, hey, what's going on? Why are you being so aggressive? But all the things you think are pushy, I promise you they're not because you already care about them. You're leading with your heart. I had that exact conversation with one of my team members yesterday. She's like, yeah, I got to remind myself to not, to, to, you know, to get into, you know, to care a little bit more before I push. I'm like, Wendy, you care a ton. You care so much. It's not even possible for you to offend somebody on purpose in a conversation. You need to stop worrying about that and start expanding the boundary a little bit more. Now, if you're a tyrant and a direct speaker and kind of a jerk, well, then yeah, you need to check your heart a little bit more before you push a boundary. But for the most of you, that's not the case. Right. So test your boundaries, homework, go do it. Next, I want you to listen to your calls. If you're not recording them, first of all, end of that crap. Okay. You should be recording every call you do for a number of reasons, but for auditing purposes, for sure. Okay. And then go back and listen to a call. Here's what I want you to listen to for specific things. Okay. How many times did you preface a question before you asked it? How many times did you preface? A question before you asked it. And here's an example. You might, you're going to ask them something difficult. Like, look, how many times have you, have you, how many times did you say you were going to call people back and you didn't because your follow-up skills are failing, right? And you didn't want to call them because you were, you, you just, you didn't, not, you lacked the confidence or you did, you felt like uh, you, you were going to be nagging them by following up so many times, right? So if you're going to ask that question of somebody, right, instead of just asking them and catching them in the moment so they'll give you the most truthful answer, typically we'll say, okay, I'm going to ask you something that might be a little tough. I'm going to ask you something and, and you know, it might not be real comfortable, but I want you to be prepared. You're automatically done two things. One, you've prepared them for something. So now they're already building up a wall. Uh-oh, she's going to attack me here. I got to be on defensive. I got to be ready. And then now they're already starting to go, their brain's working overtime trying to come up with excuses before you've even asked the question. Just ask it directly. Catch them in the moment. Let them just respond raw. That's not the kind of question they get all the time. Their brain won't know where to file it. So they're not going to manufacture a response. They're just going to answer as authentically as they can because that's the only thing they're going to know. Okay. So, but here's the other thing. Those things take time right? When you preface questions, many times, instead of just asking the question, you might take three minutes explaining the question and prefacing it and telling the story about it first. Again, wasted, unnecessary time. Defeats the purpose of the question. Don't soften the questions, just ask them, okay? Then pay attention to how many times you explain the question. We'll preface it, tell a story about it, then we'll ask the question, and then we'll clarify and explain the question. What on earth are we doing? Stop explaining, stop clarifying. Okay, here's the key. If someone asks, what do you mean by that? Now you can explain. That's how conversation and dialogue work. But if they don't ask, they don't need it. Give somebody credit for being a smart, intelligent human being who can actually understand what you're asking. <laughs> don't explain. Don't justify. Give, let them ask if you, and then you can explain. Okay, now here's a big one. See how many times you spoke when no words were necessary at all, okay? How many times did you preface your call? A lot of words. How many times did you explain or clarify your questions? A lot of words. And how many times did you speak when you didn't even need to? They said something and you 
filled silence with words when all you needed to do was just go hmm, and just think to yourself, wow, that's interesting. What can I say about that? How do I want to approach that? But we don't do that because we don't like sunshine. We don't like the silence any more than they do. You got to stop that. Let them fill the void or just learn to enjoy the silent space. Okay. Stop using filler words. Figure when you listen, find out how many times you use 10 words when you could have used one. You use 20 words when you could have used five. Or again, you used words when you didn't need to use any. You just listening to your calls and paying attention in that capacity, you will learn some amazing things about yourself because you'll start questioning why did I say that? Why did I go there? Was that necessary or not? And please be honest with yourself. And if you don't know, I encourage you when you're listening to these calls, send us an email, reach out to me, reach out to my team. We'll, we'll, we'll help you out, right? Because I want you out there. Our whole mission here is for you to be communicating like a champ, for you to be communicating in your strength, in your power, in the highest state possible, because that's how you're going to affect the people around you to the greatest ability. People will make great decisions around you because they will have the confidence and the clarity that is necessary to make great decisions. Okay. Here's the thing, friends. I know a lot. I just know things about the sales conversation that other people just can't possibly know simply because of the volume, the depth, and the breadth of what we see all the time. I know see more in a year than you're likely going to see in your whole life. Trust me on some of this stuff. Take some chances. Do some of the things that I'm telling you. Okay? And I want to make an invitation to you here now, too. We've got this drop-in coaching group. Right? It's a Facebook group. And it's purely designed for you to get this kind of support. You got a question? Ask it. Don't try to figure this stuff out on your own. Don't go to people who are teaching theory and conjecture. And certainly don't go to people who aren't getting the results that you want. Okay? Go to somebody who actually is living this out and living in it. We're not teaching what we used to do years ago. We're teaching what we do every day. Okay? We've got a lot of coaching programs that are that are high investments. This one isn't. Go to salesunscripted.com forward slash get more. Salesunscripted.com forward slash get more. And if you go there, you'll see a zero dollar sign. All you got to do is click to gain access, get into that group for 30 days and check it out. Ask questions. See how we can support you. Let's help put our multi-hundred million dollar sales brains on your business and see what kind of tweaks we can make. This is the stuff that I love to do. And then if you like it, you can renew at $47 a month, a piece of cake, but jump in for free. The only thing that I ask in return is please go and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and, and email it to us at podcast at salesinscripted.com. Give us a screenshot. Let us know you did. Super appreciate that when you do. And let us be part of your success team. That's all we live for, right? So I hope this was valuable to you. Please give some comments and give feedback. Email us. Go to the show notes at salesinscripted.com. And I want to see you in the group. I want to see you reaching out for help. And I want to see you being more effective as a communicator in the sales conversation and changing people's lives. So go out and impact people, make a ton of money, and make a difference. We'll see you on the calls. All right, Jim. I'll show them where to go from here, man. Look. If you love what you're hearing, here's a great way to get more. You can get a free month's access to our awesome drop-in coaching group. 
All you got to do is subscribe, rate, and review the show and share it. Then head over to salesunscripted.com forward slash get more to get your free month of drop-in coaching with Jim as our thank you. We'll see you next time on Sales Unscripted.